wonderful God. We're praising him this morning. We love you, Jesus. We need your fresh hand and touch in our lives. We need the good glory of heaven to minister to our spirits. Let us believe you, God. Trust you and obey you. In the great name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. If you have a Bible this morning, I'm turning to Matthew, the book of Matthew. The beautiful spirit here wants us to entertain the presence of God. Matthew chapter 3. Beginning with verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by, uh, by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his remnant of camel's hair and a leathern girdle or belt about his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, or the religious people, that is, the denominations, come to his baptism. He said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat or proper for repentance. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I want to try to minister for just a moment this morning on fleeing from the wrath to come. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. In the book of Revelation, listen closely to what your, your Bible says. And if we can somehow get our minds geared to referencing what the Bible says, what does the Word of the Lord say, then we're going to be in better shape, I can tell you that. Revelation chapter 6, and I'll just try to pick up where we won't get, you know, drowned too much. Verse 5, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the voice, I heard the, excuse me, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see, and I beheld, or I looked, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, 
I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld, or he said, I, I hung in there and I kept looking. I kept viewing what God was showing me. And I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and all the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. Flee. John asked them, John the baptizer, John the messenger, the one that was sent of the Spirit of the Lord. And he's come now, the prophecy is being fulfilled, and this fella comes out of the wilderness, and he's his meat or his dinner. You know, there was no McDonald's, there was no Popeyes. Okay, so he he come out of the wilderness, and the book said his his lunch was locusts and wild honey. Wow. Now you know. The fun way to preach that is what you and I think of locusts or grasshoppers, right? He's got the little legs hanging out and, and uh, honey on this side dripping down. And, but uh, it has been said that locusts actually was some type of a bean, a snap bean of some kind. And, uh, but honey is honey. <laughs> and, uh, but old John, and this is John the baptizer now that Later on, when he came to the end of his earthly life and he was beheaded for preaching the word of God and for standing for what's right, and yet and yet he found himself actually being beheaded for a, a brat, just some little brat that was doing her, her juke and jive before the king and she was hoochie momming it to where the he said, Oh, I'll give you the half of my kingdom. What do you want? 
So she ran back and conferred with the chief influence of her life, which was her mother. And her mother said, I want John the Baptist's head in a basket. That's what I want. So she went back, the daughter, prancing out onto the dance floor before him. And she said, give me John the Baptist's head in a basket. You know, the Bible said that he was, he was actually upset. He was sorry about it. Because there was a, a little bit of fear of God in, in this man. And he, this king, and he, uh, he was sorry. But because of the pride of his oath, for his oath's sake, which really was built around pride, and he, he had spoken it, and he wouldn't go back. He wouldn't say, no, wait a minute, you've gone too far. It didn't include a man's life, especially a man like John, the baptizer. But nonetheless, he gave the word, and the executioner took John's head off. And they brought it in a basket and presented that to that little snip of a girl who took it to her terrible mother, her devil-possessed mother. This is the same John that Jesus said, prophet born among women, no greater. Now you stop and think for a minute. Moses. Isaiah, Ezekiel, and on and on and on. Even women that we could name. Hulda, Deborah. Oh yeah. But none greater. None of them could compare to John the baptizer. But I want you to know John the baptizer's attitude. Possibly. Possibly. This is what made John so great. When Jesus came to be baptized, they were coming, we read it, from all Jerusalem and Judea and round about Jordan. They were showing up from everywhere. And uh, they wanted to be baptized. They didn't come for a show. They didn't it was just the Jordan River to them. They didn't think it was any special river. And they came. And the Bible teaches that he was baptizing them. And then he looked and he saw all these religious people filled with all of their own private doctrines and beliefs of men. And he saw their, their sneers and their attitudes. And he told them, he said, who warned you to flee from the wrath? What are you doing here? That's what he was saying. Because they were not sincere. They didn't really come out to this great baptismal service because they loved God and because they were repentant and sorry for their sins. No. John discerned that that they just want to see and hear and know what was going on. They were just nosy. And they didn't like it. They felt like it was a competition. And as John warned them, he went on then with the service. 
And the Bible teaches that he looked, and he told everybody else to look. And he said, Behold, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. As Jesus was coming over the Judean hills and descending down to the riverbank. And the Bible teaches that Jesus presented himself to John to be baptized in water. Just like everybody else that was there that day. And John said, you come to me? He said, I have need to be baptized of you. Now I want you to think of that as he also made this statement about Jesus. He said, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He said, Hushu, speaking of Jesus, Hushu, I am not worthy to bear. Now there is an attitude, friend. There is an Jesus said, among women, born, did not a greater prophet than John. And John said, I'm not even worthy to carry your shoe, dude. I'm not even worthy to undo your shoelace. God, help us to have the right attitude. To have the right attitude. To truly, as Jesus said later on in the gospel according to John, he said, uh, I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody said a place for me. Okay, prepare a place for me. And uh, I want you to know, you've got to think of that as a reserved parking spot for you to identify. That it's got your name on it. It's custom made. We had a man that came out to the building. And when he came out to the building, he uh, he came to look at the entrance to the sanctuary. He does custom woodwork. And we were wanting to get a bid from him to build doors. And we were talking about the dimensions, the width and the height. And he says, he said, it doesn't matter. He said, it's all custom. In other words, we, we make it custom. It's, it's not something you, you go in Home Depot or Lowe's and it's a, a stock size or uh, run-of-the-mill rubber stamp type thing. He said, we, we make custom. We make it just to fit what you have here. And Jesus is saying that. He said, I'll... I'm going to prepare a place for you. For you. This is, doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter whether you're tall or whether you're not so tall. It doesn't matter whether you're smart or not so smart. It doesn't matter if you're rich or not so rich. It doesn't matter what shade of skin you've got. It doesn't matter what country or island 
you come from. doesn't matter if the city you come from is, is a great population. Or as I was talking to some of my Jamaican uh, sisters yesterday at the yard sale, and uh, they were talking about how small and rural their area was where they lived in Jamaica. It was small, it was rural, there wasn't a lot of people. And they were kind of lived in their little place. And uh, that was it. You could live two miles away from them and they might not know you or never meet you. Because <laughs> they just lived in this little place. So it didn't matter whether you came from the big city or whether you came from a little small rural place. Jesus said, I'm going to make a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's going to be customized. So you could come to the Lord and say, I'm poor and needy. The Lord said, we got you covered. Or the guy that came to the altar and he knelt down. He wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. He just kept his head bowed. And he began to smite himself. Begin to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Forgive me. Another guy came up next to him. Begin to tell God. He said, I, I give alms. I give tithes. I put in all this money. He said, I fast twice in the week. What it meant was they had a certain time set apart, apart for fasting a week and that he fasted two times out of that seven days. I fast twice to the week. And I'm not, thank God, like this publican here, like this sinner here. Once again, now, there's an attitude for you. And so... The Lord said, the guy standing there bragging on himself, telling God how great he is and what all he's done. Somebody recently said that to me about how much money they'd put in. And I was, had in my mind came the scripture when there were so many people were bragging about where they came from and who they were and all the diplomas that they had, what's called the vanity wall, and it's very aptly named, and they bragged on it. All the letters after their name, all their degrees, all of their accomplishments, all of their education, and they bragged on it, they bragged on it. And Paul said, I'm more. Paul's saying, I got all that and then some. He said, I'm more. He said, but you know what? <laughs> he said, I came to realize that wasn't nothing but donkey poop. He said, what really counts is having Christ. What really matters is having this salvation. He said, I, I throw all that out. Give it all up. Walk away from all of it. That I might gain Jesus Christ. That I might be baptized in Jesus' name. And receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are people that walk around 
with all kinds of bling, you know. And they have a way of, you know, putting their hand. Because they want you to see the bling. And they, uh, they wear things from their ears that are as big as dinner plates. And uh, all kinds of stuff that people do. Because they have pride in that. And uh, they flash it around. They show it around. And they have, they, they look to that. And they are moved by that. And they're impressed by that. And they try to impress others with it. But then there's people. People that are baptized in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And there are people that are filled with God's Holy Spirit. And they have what the Bible termed precious faith. And they they have God-given qualities fruit of the Spirit. And they, what did it say? Having, dearly beloved, these precious promises. They have these promises. And they're continuing to cleanse themselves of all filthiness because it's a filthy world we live in. Now you know, we love our area. And, but we always know when it's harvest time because it starts snowing, doesn't it? And we got something down here that they don't got up north. They got that old white snow. But we got this nice black snow. And that snow costs them money up north. They got to plow it. They got to get it off their roofs or the roofs will cave in. And, and uh, they got to have all kinds of machinery to get the roads going so people can get to work. Costs them a lot of money. But you know, we just rain money here. You start getting that ash coming down, that's saying we're getting it on. Jobs and income and paycheck, benefits. Woo, brother. It's a great signal, isn't it? Great signal. Well, I'm saying to you that there are God has people. God has a church. Church is made up of people. Believers. Believers in what he says. And these people in getting baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. These people are then staying saved. By obeying the book, continuing to walk therein, from, shall we say, Romans through Revelation. Now that you've got the salvation that was offered and is being offered from the book of Acts, now we're going to take you from Romans to Revelation. And we're going to teach you, now that you're saved, how to stay saved. Now that you've got the life that He's given. Eternal life. Now we're going to teach you 
how to live that life and keep that life, polish that life. And there are people that they're showing because the Bible said, he that heareth my sayings and doeth them, he said, I will show you to whom he's like. If you hear my sayings and you're doing, blessed are they that do his commandments. He that heareth my sayings and doeth them, I'm going to show you to whom he's like, who she's like. They're like a wise person. They're like a person that they're not just superficial, shallow. No, he said these people have dug deep. They're digging deep. And they're building. We're better to illustrate than in our beautiful area. Right out there. Quarter of a million dollars. Gone, just like that. Because we had to take out all that beautiful, precious black dirt known as muck. And we did that because we, we had to get down to the rock. You know Jesus is the rock, right? We had to get down to the rock because we had to dig deep. The deepest we had to dig was seven feet on the east boundary. And gradually that muck got shallower and shallower to where it was only three feet deep. We dug it all out. Truck after truck coming from the rock pit. Wee hours of the morning until the city was coming by and they, one of my little friends driving that truck, going out to go lawn mowing and different things. She said, Rat! She said, you got to get you one of these things on where we can see you. It's dark out here in the morning. You're guiding those trucks in there. I said, okay. Okay. Okay, then. We'll do that. And uh, early in the morning, Trucks lining up, coming down, big old behemoth things. Coming in, backing up, dumping that 20 yards of plus or, plus or minus, 20 yards of, of uh, fill, compactable fill, because you see muck is not compactable. Muck is like water, you know. So that's why you got two choices out here. You're either going to drive pilings through the muck to the rock, or you're going to take all the muck out and build your foundation right on the rock. It's one or the other, folks. If, you, if you're foolish, you know the kids sing it, don't build your house on the sandy land. Right? Well, don't build it on the muck either. All right? There's places far enough away where the muck didn't reach to that you can just dig a what's called a footer, a trench. And you can put your steel in, tie it together. I'm preaching, turn it off. Tie it together, and then you pour that concrete in that footer over that steel. And as you do that, then you're going to wind up with footers that you can then lay your... Okay, brother, I'm going to take that and throw in the canal if you don't do something with it. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Amen. And amen. So if you want to build your walls in some places, you can do that. But you can't do that in Belgrade. 
You can't do that. That'd be like shoveling water and then the water fills up, shovel water, water fills up, shovel. You can't build on that. That's how the muck is. You gotta, you gotta take that water out. You gotta take that muck out, and you gotta get down to that rock. And Jesus said, "I'm gonna show you who my people are like. I want to show you my people. Don't you want to be God's people? I want to show you my people. He wants to call you my people, and he wants you to call him our God." And now, in the time in which we live, you can call him God, being a spirit and invisible, said, I'm sending one of my angels, one of my lieutenants. And he showed up at the door, and Joseph was about to sign a writing of divorcement and to put Mary away because she was found to have child without being married. And the angel showed up woo, with his glory from God. And he said, Joseph, yes. fear taken for thy wife. She's in his own ghost. Why don't you let God put something in your that will that will add shame to your life? Why don't you quit that and be from the sin unto God? Why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah, you do that. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. He's come over the hillside. Jesus has come to be baptized. God in the flesh is going to have to baptize. Because that flesh took upon itself the nature of a human being. He wasn't an angel. It took upon him the nature of a human being. Nature of Abraham. Flesh. And John is Shaking in his boots. And he's telling everybody, I'm not worthy to even undo his shoelace. Or take his shoe off and carry it. I'll tell you, that's an attitude that we can work with. As opposed to the attitude that stands there all puffed up and proud. And look what I did. Look how much I gave. And look at this and look at that and look at the other. You better know something. God's looking all right. And God's saying, pew, pew. Filthy rags, self-righteousness, filthy rags. That's not the attitude that God produces in people. That's why we're working on ourselves and letting the Holy Ghost and the preacher work on us from, Revela from uh, Romans through Revelation so that we got this flesh. You've heard, you've heard the saying, I got this. Well, once you get this flesh under subjection and you repent of your sins, and you get baptized in Jesus' name, and your sins are totally forgiven. Your bill is zeroed out. Your sin debt is taken care of. And you're filled with the glory of God, the Holy Ghost. You're given the gift. And I did say given. You are given the gift of eternal life. The love of God. People talk about the love of God, the love of You don't talk about the love of God separate from receiving the Holy Ghost. If you want the love of God, it starts with you receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost, Jesus said. And 120 of them stepped away from mom and dad and sister and brother and aunt and uncle and businesses and recreational pursuits and pleasures and, and big reputation and look who I am. They stepped away from that about 120. And they said, we're going to the upper room. 
We're going to where Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name. Angel, what's his name? Jesus. Thou shalt call him Jesus. He shall save. He shall save. He shall save. His people from their sins. From their sins. No wonder they lie in the streets when he came down meek and lowly on a donkey. He could have come, as he told one fella, who wanted a demonstration of all things. And he, he said, I could pray right now. Legions of angels. Powerful. Mighty. Glorious. I am right now. But he said, we're going to do that later. We're going to get back to you on that. We're going to do that later. Right now. You're living in a time period. Known as grace. It's about to start. I'm going to give my life on that cross. You're going to destroy this temple. In three days, I'm going to raise it up. Boy, that set them to murmuring and talking. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? What are they doing down there anyway? What's with them people? What's this Jesus doing? What's his disciples doing? Oh, yeah. We don't want it, but we want to know what all you're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three days, he said, I'll, I'll raise it up. And I'm going to start my church. I'm going to build my church. I'm building something here. I'm going to build my church. And he said, and let me introduce it to you. The gates of hell. Oh, they're going to rise up. Oh, they're going to fight. Oh, they're going to be ugly. And they're going to gossip. And they're going to do all kinds of things. They're going to they're bring hell and havoc, literally. And attack you. He said, but they're not going to prevail. Yeah. And so, the time came. He gave his life on the cross. Spirit withdrew from that body. The body is taken and wrapped and given all kinds of perfumes and placed in the sepulcher. Put a, put a stone over that sepulcher and seal it and set some guards at it. Because you know, people who think a certain way, they think everybody else thinks that way. So being filled with all their craftiness and secrecy and whatever, they figured... You better seal it and set a watch because, you know, lest they come and steal. No, you don't have to worry about the church stealing, okay? What you got to worry about is, is the Judas Iscariots. Oh, 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 that money, that, 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 that perfume that, that this woman put on you, Jesus, we could have taken that and we could have sold that alabaster box of perfume. And the money could have been given to the poor. (laughs) 
I don't know which disciple it was. Standing off to the side. He said, he didn't care nothing about the poor. You know, somebody said, ain't, that ain't nothing but retarded. Well, that wasn't nothing but a thief. He said, he, he don't care for the poor. He's a thief. He's a thief. You get down to the heart of the matter, and people get mad when you pull the devil out and you shine the light on him. Woo! First of all, he ugly. So he sure don't like the light shining on him. He don't want nobody to see how ugly he is because you see, the devil used to be and probably was. It's very possible that he was the most beautiful angel in heaven. And some of his undoing, no doubt, was pride. Oh yeah, but he's not, he's not, he's not pretty no more. He's not. See, he left the place of beauty. He left the place of honor. You listening to me? He left the place that was prepared for him before the foundation of the world. When he got to dwell in the sides of the north. When he got to be among the other sons of God. When he got to crank out the music, man, we were went someplace the other day and and they opened a new store and uh, they had a DJ to advertise the opening of their new store. Then he had that speaker and he had his turntable, you know, and he had it cranked. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, long before Mr. DJ ever came along, old Satan was Lucifer. And friend, he had his tablets. He had his choir. He had his music. He had it getting on. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, told Sister Williams, I said, we're going over to. Yeah, me and Sister Phelps, we're going to go too. We're going to go see Toby. Well, I can't let Bakari go on chaperone. So we're going to be her chaperone. And uh, so anyway, um, I told Stwins, I said, maybe we can get a backstage pass and we could get you introduced and maybe we could see about getting a contract and we could produce a CD, an album. And uh, my wife said, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, I know it, I know it. It's just fun to say it, though. Because, you know, I don't want to take any chances of losing what we got. Sometimes success changes people. Sometimes it brings out the worst in us. What kind of thing would, would that be to have on your resume? I baptized Jesus. Oh, yeah. Put that on prime time. I baptized Jesus. But I, I never read that attitude, that pride. I never read where John the baptizer reacted that way. I'm talking about attitude now. If you're going to have a tood, have a Holy Ghost tood. And he said, I'm not worthy. I, I, I need you to baptize me. Why don't you baptize me? 
Oh, friend. Let's give God an attitude that He can work with. Let's bring to the church an attitude. You know, we used to, that, that can be worked with. We used to say that everybody should feel this way. That if everybody in the church was like me, what kind of church would this be? Hmm? Hmm? Think about that. Think about that. What kind of church would this be? What kind of congregation would this be if everybody in the church had the same attitude I got? Think about that. That's why we've got to we've got to work on that too. We've got to have an attitude adjustment. Part of the reason why we come to church. Some of the reason why we pray. I'm praying God to kill that person. No, no, no. No, prayers to kill you. Prayers for you to get that flesh deadened. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, you saved me from this, and you saved me from this, and you saved me from this. You delivered me. I'm not that way anymore. There's a few things going on right now, God. You can save me from that, too. You know? Because I'm, I'm not feeling very good right now. I, I've got bad feelings rumbling around in here, God. My mind is just, Ugh. you delivered me from that, Lord. Come on, help me out here. I'm struggling with this. I need you to get this out of me, Lord. You know, stand there, just look all what I did. Just like that fellow telling me what all he gave. And like the Apostle Paul, I said, I'm more. And then the person thought I was going to give a number. And I said, calm down. I don't have a number to give you. I wouldn't even dawn on me. That, that would never enter my heart, I pray. That I'd try to pull out the calculator and, or get on the computer and do all the records and try to figure out just how much I've given. You want to talk about what's been given, you might want to start with God gave you the Holy Ghost. God gave you His blood. He gave you forgiveness of sin. And that needs to be huge in your mind and in your thinking. That needs to be so huge to you that it motivates you and says, I'm a running. I'm running from the wrath. I'm running from the wrath. I'm running from the sky that's going to roll back like a scroll. I'm running from the sky that's going to drop the stars. That one star is bigger than the whole planet Earth. I'm running from the wrath that's come. It's coming. I'm running from that. But I'm running legally. I'm running lawfully. I'm running righteously. I'm running saved and staying saved. That's what I'm doing. Let's remain standing. I could, woo, right now I could preach on, but it's getting late. I see that. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Oh, yeah. You got to protect what you got, and you got to get it and protect it. The word keep is in the Bible. Keep that which is committed unto you. That means you guard it. You guard it. You don't want to let the devil through anybody or anything steal it. Now what happened to a little woman? A little woman woke up one day and got to looking around and said, Hey, I'm missing a coin. I'm missing a coin. So what'd she do? She turned the lights up. Started lighting 
candles or rheostats. Turn it up. Get it brighter. And she got a broom out. Got a dust rag. Now, I know some of you don't know what that is, but get him. Get the broom. Get the dust rag. I'm going to start checking it out. I'm going to start cleaning up around here. I got to find what I lost. Oh, yeah. You know the devil wants to steal. He wants to take things out of your life, good things. He doesn't care about all them other things. They're junk. You think he cares about them saucers you got hanging? You think he cares about all that bling that you paid all that money for and it ain't worth nary a thing? That they're just taking your money and you, you're not seeing what God wants to give you. And I'm not picking on anybody this morning. We all have come and are coming from somewhere. I wasn't always a preacher. You know, I, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Nothing. Never had read it. Okay. But you know, when God began to deal with me, I began to get witness to. Friend, I began to repent. And I started taking those things. I started throwing them away. I started getting rid of them. I realized that don't make me who I am. I want to become a son or daughter of God. And I want to have in me the things that make me that. And I want to show, by example, this town and this world and my family and friends. And, you know, they say strangers are friends you've yet to meet. I want to show them what all God has put in my life. I want to show them peace. The peace of God that rules in my heart. I don't have a bad temper anymore. And I'm not on the, I'm not in the uh, mugshot world where it says, you know, I'm there for aggravated assault, bodily injury. I'm not fighting and duking people and beating them up and stabbing them and everything. I don't know, you read the newspaper the other day, 14-year-old boy killed a math teacher with a box cutter. The only thing that I read that gave a little explanation was because she told him he needed to stay after school and get some help in his math. Stabbed her, killed her, drug her out somewhere and left her there. Living in a world of all kinds of violence. One of the things John the baptizer did was tell the soldiers, do no violence to any man. And be content. Be content. The Bible said godliness Godliness, doing it God's way, being Godlike, learning God's way. Jesus said, learn of me. Righteousness, the right way. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I tell you that there is also, the Bible said, a form of godliness. That's like the guy over here. He was looking good. He was in the mirror. Telling God all about his smooth. What all he did. What all he gave. What all this and what all that. Oh yeah. A form of godliness that the scripture said from such turn away. A form of godliness. A look. Mechanics. Natural. 
you know. Yeah. He said, from such turn away. A form of godliness without contentment is great loss. Great loss. Great loss. I'm interested, and I hope you are, in great gain. Great gain. For you to have the Holy Ghost, the gift of God's Spirit, the love of God in your heart, and to be baptized in water in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Friend, that births you. That puts you into the body of Christ. And then from there, being saved now from sin and from all of the the sinfulness of this world, and the filthiness and the hatred of this world. Now, being saved, Romans to Revelation, we're going to teach you how to stay saved. How to actually dig deep and get on the rock so that you won't be moved. Like some, Paul said, called them foolish and said that they were moved away from the hope of the gospel unto another, which he said is not another. There is no other. Jesus built one church. He built it for everybody. Everybody. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Thank God and thank God and thank God. Amen. Amen. I want you to become a part of the body of Christ. And I want you, in other words, to get saved and then to stay saved. And then you can help us to save others. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Once more, I'll ask you, and the children have joined us, let's lift our hearts with our hands. We're not raising hoochie mamas around here. We're not raising gangbangers around here. We're raising sons and daughters of God. We want you to live for the Lord. Come on, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And I pray that you will change hearts. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Thank you, Lord.
come and gather round. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Oh, let God work in your life. Oh, 